This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Hey guys, welcome to the Hero Academy podcast, the place where you can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes, people such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are all heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those that have chosen to serve our society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here, you'll learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their purpose. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing, things that you could do to make some extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you'll learn from people like you that were working full time, but still found the time to create a course, grow a big team, create a coaching program, a large audience, or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories, and how they overcame their burnout that they were facing. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. Carpe diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. I'm your host and coach, Super Dave. Let's go. So 23, 23 cardiac arrest situation. Yeah, yeah and, and, I'll, and I'll make that super specific. Um, 23 times I have been defibrillated outside of a hospital, which adds a little significance because if you're defibrillated inside a hospital, you're surrounded by a crash team with a crash cart and you have access to drugs like amiodarone or adrenaline or epi or whatever. Right, right. Um, I did not. I did not. So like the first day in April of 2011, I had five in one day um, and that's called an electrical storm or a cardiac storm. And so if you have more than three that are linked back to back to back, that's what they call that. Uh, so I was uh, rushed to the hospital. I was in a coma for four days. Um, they didn't think I was going to make it. The first time I woke up out of a coma, I had motor deficit on my left side. Uh, I went back into a coma. And then uh, the second time I woke up, I had no motor deficit and walked 212 feet to my next room. I went back to work in 30. I got an implanted uh AICD. So it's a defibrillator and a pacemaker combined. Um, so I went back to work in 30 days. Uh, and How old were you at that time? To, 41. 41. 41 in the best shape of my life. Yeah. Um, not now, clearly. But the uh, but uh, I went back to work and tried to make things normal. Right. Normal. But at this time now, I, I felt broken. Uh, less than... Uh, a source instead of a source of strength and security and safety for my family. Now I was uh, literally a source of worry and liability and, you know, and fear for them. And that, that was probably the most destructive part of it was trying to come up, uh, come out of that. Um, I I mentioned, I, I did that and I shifted my career in 2016 to do, to sell defibrillators, to place them where they belong. Cause the AED that came to my scene, We'll just say um, it just did not work properly. We'll say that. Uh, so in essence, they didn't have one, right? So if it, like in the military, two is one and one is none. And if you have one and it fails, you're out. And that's right. that. That's why you. That's why you guys have a secondary weapon, right? Um, anyway, 
so then 2018, uh, had two more while I was laying on, on, on my bed, just typing an email to the sheriff saying, thank you for buying AEDs. And I had, and my device shocked me twice. Um, called, called 911 on myself to get an ambulance, which is something nobody gets trained to do, by the way. Um, you don't get trained to call 911 on yourself. And the dispatchers sometimes aren't ready for that either. Cause like I said, Hey, she said, Hey, 911, what's your emergency? And I was like, Uh, me. My name is Rob Hoadley. I'm a cardiac arrest survivor. My device has just shocked me twice. I live at this address. I need help now. And I could just picture this poor dispatcher going down her list of questions. Like, is he breathing? Are you safe? Is there anything else happening? All that stuff. That's fucking, it's irrelevant. Yep. And you, that doesn't matter. And then she got all the way to, she's like, yeah, well, um, oh, okay. Okay. They're on the way. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Could you help me one more time? Could you, um, <clears throat> could you stay on the line with me till they get here? And she's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I happen to know in San Diego, that's the last thing on their question. She like, I'll remain on the line with you to help arise. Something like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so that was that. So that was number six and seven. And then February 21, I had number eight just sitting on my couch. And then the, then the topper of it all, um, December 24th, Christmas Eve in Mexico on a fishing vacation, dirt roads, ATVs, uh, 14 people from our family in this one hotel, last day of the vacation. I had gone down to the Sea of Cortez to watch the sun rise over the water. Because in San Diego, I see the sun set over the water all the time, right? And I'm a nerd like that. So I'm like, hey, let me go check that out. And by myself, super early in the morning. I'm an early morning dude. I get out there. It's dark. And I uh, see a couple fishing boats go out. And I'm just sitting there. The air tasted great. It, it smelled great. The, the sound of the ocean, the water coming in is, man. What a great vacation. This has been so bang. Like, oh my God. Now I got shocked because I went into a fatal rhythm. And I was I was at peace, man. I was relaxed. I was absolutely in a state of absolute peace. And immediately I realized that 911's not a thing. Um, nobody is here because it's 10 to 5 in the morning. And the cell phone service with my wife had been spotty, you know, the whole time we've been there. So in a tachycardic rhythm, I had to start that ATV and ride it back to the hotel because that, that was my only choice. It was either that or like just lay down in the sand and brother, I ain't, I'm never doing that. So I got, got back there and the second shock happened in the, on right in front of the hotel. And it felt like my legs, like on the cartoons, like my legs went like we're on the motor, we're on this, the ATV and they just like shot out behind me and came back like bang. That's what it felt. It was the explosion, man. And so we dealt with it as quickly as we could and the best way we could and got some help coming to me so I could get to a hotel, uh, to a hospital, hospital, I say. Um, but um, I was in, I ended up being shocked 15 times that day in eight hours and I was awake for all, all 15 of those. And I'll tell you what, man, that would change how you look at shit, look at things, look at life. Um, and literally it did because I came home when I came, when I finally got home, I had a different eye prescription. I got shocked so much. and so many times I had four broken teeth and a new eyeglass prescription. Oh my God. It was amazing. It was, 
uh, it was amazing. I was like, wow, how'd that happen? But like, um, so one of the coolest things about this whole, this whole Mexico fiasco is that it was Christmas Eve when it happened. So um, Christmas day, Saturday, my wife upgrades our immigration paperwork because it had expired. And then she got into the embassy on Christmas Saturday or the yeah consulate embassy, whatever the hell she, and, and got new immigration paperwork secured an ICU bed for me in La Jolla, California during pandemic and secured a jet to take me out of Mexico on Sunday morning at eight o'clock. Doesn't wow. speak Spanish. It didn't spend any money. I'm like, how in the hell, babe, I can't go to the DMV and get my license updated today on a Tuesday in the States. And what, how did you do that? She's explained it to me, man, a couple of times. And I have, I still have no idea. She talked to and the right people. Just, uh, yeah. And the right way and did the right stuff. But she, man, I'm so, so lucky. She is the reason why I haven't just gone off the deep end, man. Her and my family are, that's, that's it. And, and I don't, I don't think that it's that much different. Um, I mean, cause I add my Persian Gulf war uh, PTSD with all this. Add that to this cardiac stuff that says my heart could fail me at any moment, like right now, or right now, or right now. So how do I drive across Arizona where there's no cell phone service in the middle? Are you kidding me? Nowhere to go see Sheriff of Pinal County, Mark Lamb, or go see Cochise County Sheriff Mark Daniels and ask them to buy AEDs when I know damn well if I were to get it right now, I have no cell phone service and nobody's coming. Uh, and so how do you do that? How do you turn back in and make that happen? I don't know, really. I mean, I could think about it for a while and tell you some, you know, self-help stuff, but I, it's all about my family, man, and helping save people because my life was saved, you know, and I was saved by bystander CPR, by the way. It was not an AED that did that. It was seven and a half minutes by a guy named Thomas John Farley, and he and I are actually going to be speaking at the... Um, cardiac arrest survival summit in uh on december 2nd we're part of a panel talking about the mental and emotional impact of being part of a um like a cardiac resuscitation event you know and it's going to be it's going to be intense it's because it's the first time he and i have spoken publicly together ever and he's not a public speaker he goes rob i'm gonna cry man i'm like hell yeah you better bro i i am I cry almost every day, man. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping on that at all. So, how many? Anyway, do you know I'm, how many speeches you've given? No, no idea. No, no idea. Because uh, I do them, and I I do them for free right now. I intend to not. I intend to get paid. Uh, but it's like you know, I get this group, and they're like, "Hey, can you just come talk to our um, Mended Hearts Society?" I'm like. Yeah, well, I'm going to charge you a thousand bucks when you're like all these old people survive heart attacks. No, no, can't do that. So I'm, I'm writing a book right now called At the Heart of Survival. And um, when that finishes, then I'm really going to be a little bit more sticky about, um, you know, paid gigs or I guess I don't, I don't know. It's like when I got asked to sing at a memorial service. And the lady's like, what's your, what's your rate? Like, rate? Like, your husband just died. I'm not, there's no rate. I mean, I'm not doing that. A lady from my church said her husband said that I was his favorite singer in church. So could he sing it? I'm like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll do that. 
well, how much? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how that goes. But, uh, but overall, uh, my perspective with law enforcement and how the guy that came to my scene is still impacted negatively, well, is impacted, however you want to put that, um, makes me want to get guys like you an AED. Um, so that when they get out of their vehicle, they're out of six. So you can do the best. So they can go home at night and say, hey, Linda, today was kind of a day. Uh, I did CPR on a 13-year-old girl. She didn't make it. But I, I did everything I could. I did everything I could. You know, I told you I, I told you before that my department has them in, in every single patrol car. Uh, yeah. Which is, which is wild. How many departments do you think there are without AEDs? Like, do you have an idea of, of no. the market? I don't know how many, how many there, um, no, I don't know because some had them and took them out. Like there's one state agency I'm trying to work with right now who had them. And then they had some guy who sold them a bunch, but then didn't follow up on how to maintain them. didn't help them out. And they ended up taking them out of the vehicles. Wow. And it's a state and it's a state patrol size agency is what I'm saying. And I'm like, Holy crap. Do you know how many lives could be saved by having one in each of those cars? So, and we've had, we've done some really good work. I worked at Zoll for a while. Um, well, I worked at Cardiac Science first and Cardiac Science was acquired by Zoll Medical. Zoll Medical is the world leader in defibrillation. February, uh, I left, uh, I left Zoll and now I work for a distributor that only sells Zoll gear. And the reason why it was important to me is because all of Zoll's AEDs have CPR feedback. And they, so they will tell your deputy, your officer, your patrol, what exactly, how to, how to do CPR. Are you doing good CPR or not? And so during the compressions, it tells you press harder and tell you good compression. The G5 I was talking about earlier tells you press slower, press faster, press softer, or press harder and fully release. So it gives you actual feedback for rate, depth, and recoil. And that recoil is so, so important. And it's the only AED that gives you some feedback for recoil, that G5. Uh, but all three of them give you some sort of feedback and others don't. They just don't, you know? How, how old are you now? How long has it been since? 50, uh, 53, so 12 years. 12 years. So you got an additional yeah, so, 12, year, 12 years of life. Oh, and that's some, bro. And then some, I've gotten to see both of my daughters graduate high school. Uh, one of them get married. One of them graduate from college. The other one graduate from uh, cosmetology school. And now my youngest daughter got a job in her major in Harriman, Utah. She's a city planner. And my oldest daughter is, uh, is she's, she's back in the music scene and starting to sing some more. They both have changed the world. And I've been able to see that in different ways, you know, and my wife, man, I have this thing that like, I don't need a bunch of dough. I don't need a bunch of cool stuff. I have a really cool motorcycle and that's about all I really care about in terms of material stuff. But my goal in life is to have my wife, see my wife smile one more time. Right. And to have my daughter, Kristen smile one more time. And have my daughter, Lawrence smile just one more time. Right. Oh, and, oh, dude. And if they all smiled one more time together at each other. I, yeah, I just need that one more time, man. And I'll be satisfied. You know what I mean? 
but I always want it one more time. And that keeps me going to do everything I'm doing. Um, so what's the name of the book? Whatever. Again? At the Heart of Survival. At the Heart of Survival. And when will it be out? Yeah. What are you thinking? Man, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know, about four years ago. Right. <laughs> and, and so somebody told me, one of the sheriffs I work with uh, has written a couple of books. And he said, Rob, you know, a 300-page book sells for the same price as a 150-page book. You know that? I was like, fair enough. He said, how can you not use an AI to finish your book for you? I'm like, man, I got to write my own story, dude. I mean, but I'll, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at it, see if I can fill some of those gaps with some really professional AI stuff, you know. But I don't know. I don't know when it will be out, but um, I'm doing a public speaking thing in San Francisco next week to a construction company that's having all their EHS people come in from around the country. And then, um, then I, like I said, I have a webinar on the 24th of October. And then um, I'm doing that, uh, doing the panel discussion on the 2nd of December. So, and oh, and in between there, I'm selling AEDs, right? Oh, and t- you know, tonight I'm actually going to Brandon, uh, the guy Brandon Griffith I told you about. I'm going to his event tonight where uh, a couple of leaders are going to be, uh, law enforcement leaders are going to be speaking. And it's going to be a that? really cool event. What state? It's uh, here, here in Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I got to stay at this nice hotel because it's close to the nice. event. Yeah. Rob, so, man, yeah, I'm gonna go. It's uh, it's awesome the uh, fact that you're selling these to all these different departments, and uh, yeah. I still stand on the fact that I, I'd love to see you become a lifesaver, become a uh, <laughs> EMT or emergency <laughs> medical, uh, even yeah. if you just do it, you know, once once a week. I I would love that, man. Because you know you know what that. you're doing. You know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. And, and I care, you know, and I care. It's not just a, is you know, it's, I don't know. This is, this is my mission now, man. I haven't, I haven't felt a mission like this since I, I was in the military, right? After I got in the military, I finished up college, got my MBA and was just working to work, to make money. And so that bumper sticker that you may have seen, man, that says, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Right. Yep. I always thought that was such crap, dude. It's like, whatever, man. You work your ass off until you can't work anymore. Then you retire and people in the Midwest move to Florida. And that's work. That's your career, you know? And you, you know, and you wake up and on Monday, you're like, oh, crap, I had to go to work. And then Wednesday, you're like, cool, hump day, I'm almost there. And Friday, you're like, I hope I have a couple of fun tickets to rub together, go do something fun with my family. And after the second football game on Sunday, you're like, oh, crap, I got to go back to work tomorrow. I'm like, that's not the life I want, man. So now, since realizing, shifting my mindset to I don't have to, I get to, right, in my life, I don't have to do anything. I I get to do everything I'm doing. And I don't have obligations. I have opportunities. I love that. So it's not. and, And so because of that, it's been emancipating, man. It's like, all right, cool. Cool. Do I work? Yeah. Is that how I pay my bills? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. And is there going to be good days and bad days? Yeah, totally. Just like everybody else's life, you know, but if, if when you don't feel like you are, are burdened by it, that it's actually something progressive that's getting better, you're bettering things. Then I think that we're living up to what, um, what Plato said that our job on earth is supposed 
we're supposed to be the best rational being we can be. And it's rational that if I felt like more people need AEDs to save people like me, that I help do that. Right. That makes sense. It's rational. So that's what I want to, uh, and I, I want to fly out to Cali and uh, do like a AED, like a YouTube video on, on them with you. Come on, come on with it. And are you, are you, but you're on the East coast now, right? You're in New York. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm coming to New Jersey uh, like the first week of December to Colts Neck, New Jersey. To a theater near you. No, it's a corporate meeting that we're having out there. Okay. And so I don't know how far that is from you, but. I might um, be, I might be in Vegas then. I just have to double check. <laughs> so we're going to cross in the air. That's awesome. That's <laughs> you got awesome. Any, that, happens, uh, no, that happens to me a lot. You got any sheriffs that you know in Vegas? Uh, Nye County, uh, where Pahrump is. Uh, the Clark County Detention has our has some of my stuff, but I don't know the sheriff there. But what are you going to Vegas for? Uh, to interview some uh, some cops out there and some firemen, and also to go to the Spear for the first time. Yeah. Oh, neat. Um, so somebody who you might be able to talk to, he's in Reno. Uh, I think, oh man, I forgot his last name. His name is Joe. He's, he's, a, he's a former fire chief. Yeah, it always does. You know the deal. Your brain's working on it right now, trying to figure out what that name was, right? Um, but he's a firefighter, a former fire chief that is part of uh, Nevada Project Heartbeat. And they, uh, they're they a distributor of AED. So I guess in essence, my competition now, but whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to get that name, man. Damn it. It's a famous name too, that it shouldn't be on this old fire chief space, but it is. Um, anyway, I'll get it. And, uh, but he's, he's a cool dude and would be a good interview. Uh, maybe and then I can think about some more stuff but uh, and uh, even uh, the Clark County School District Police Department is they're they're a good group of dudes too um, anyway but yeah so that's in I mean in Nevada I think that's all I got off the top of my head but um, I appreciate I appreciate that's, the a, work that's that a really do. cool thing that you're doing thank thank you brother I, well, appreciate, I appreciate the work you're doing too man I mean pe- people that run in while other people run out have my respect because I have run out before, but I've, I've fucking run in before too. And, and I know the difference and I know the difference and I'll, I'll be, I'll be the first one to call 911, man. That shit. I'll tell you what, no, no question, but um, you guys do, you do stuff that nobody else wants to do. And then because it's uh, a bit esoteric because people don't really know everything that's happening in a scene, you can't get a two second news clip and know, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy did that. Really? All right, have you been attacked? Have you been attacked in the street? Like Sheriff Lamb, the guy that I'm, one of the guys that's going to speak tonight, one of the interview questions he gives to his deputies is, Have you ever been in a fight? <laughs> have you ever been punching him out? Because you're going to. It's going to happen. So can you do that? Do you know how to do that? 
like, oh, oh, but, oh, but, oh. like well, all right, you're probably not in 10 minutes, you know? And I'm like, that's a good, I've never had that as an interview question in any jobs I've been in, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So uh, anyway, I, uh, I, I'm happy to still be around and still know that I'm, so 42 people have been saved by devices I've placed that I know of, right? I don't get all of Four. the reports of people that use my stuff. 42, you said? Yeah, that I know of. Wow. Um, and that's, it's, you know, and with the awareness that's been raised by DeMar Hamlin and uh, the, a couple of years ago, the uh, soccer player Christensen that went down on the Danish soccer team. And then now Bronny James recently going down at USC. Um, all three of those people were saved by Zoll AEDs that I sell, right? I mean, I didn't sell those, but I mean, that's the kind of gear that I'm, I'm representing. And, you know, and all three of them were top notch athletes. And, and that's the, that's the example of anybody anywhere, anytime is, you know, when you have a top tier athlete go down like that, you think, oh, it's just a fat white guy. But the fact is, that's a heart attack that you're thinking about. And it's not a cardiac arrest. A cardiac arrest is electrical. It's not, it's not plumbing, right? It, it's different. So uh, I like raising that awareness. I like talking to people about it. I like, um, and there's some, I mean, there's some disaster capitalism in what I do, right? You try to scare people into doing it the right way, but uh, I'm okay with that part of it because uh, what I'm, I'm not making anything up. I'm not fabricating any sort of a circumstance. I can show you pictures of my save. I can show you pictures of people working on me while I'm dead. And there's nothing, nothing Hollywood about that, man. I can show you the faces of the four people from my company that you can see on the periphery looking at me while they're trying to save my life. And those four people will never be the same again. They will never unsee that. They will never not know what that feeling is. And that, how do you, how was do it? Like, how Rob, do you get me, past that? Let me ask you, was, was there ever a moment where you woke up yeah. and you felt like you had actually been dead for a short while? No. No, I, I woke up four days later out of the coma, right? And, um, I, you know, I just didn't know. And I didn't know where I was at all. And I was, you know, and you're stoned, right? So, you know, I'm all drugged up on coma drugs. And so I wasn't able really to put much together at all. What I knew was, like, I heard my sister start to cry. I heard my brother correct the doctor because he's like, oh, hey, uh, hello. Hi, Robert. Welcome back. And my brother, his name is Rob, right, in his Chicago accent. And I'm like, hey, Sean's here. And I hear Dawn crying. She's here. And, like, this is clearly a hospital. Um, this is bad. Some. Something really happened. I had no idea what had happened, you know. So, uh, and then not until they told me that, you know, you were you were dead, bro. Several times and you were dead. And I'm like, what? How? how? What? And I'd never heard of an AED. I'd never heard of cardiac arrest. Nothing, you know. But they told my wife that, you know, when I actually said, if your husband regains consciousness, he may not be able to care for himself. Because I was down for so long without oxygen in my brain. Wow. So I, yeah, I didn't know that I was dead. No. Let me ask you this now: Are you able to take walks? Oh yeah, 
No, I'm cleared to I'm cleared to work out however I want. Yeah. And how many steps I'm, a day? I'm how totally many, like are you tracking your step? I saw you track your heart rate every uh every 30 seconds or so. <laughs> but are you tracking your steps too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I close my rings. I've closed my rings on my watch. Um, I every day except for like four days that we were on vacation. And uh and so I do that just about every day. It's like I think I have uh, two thousand, is it two thousand steps? I think I bumped it to three thousand because I was getting back out on the road. But um, so there's that, and then it matches like activity and time standing and stuff like that, right? Tracks all that stuff. So I, honestly, I know I could, we could all do more of all that, you know. Uh, but I am, I am imperfect, right? I am. And how about how about your diet? Still a work in did, progress, did like anybody else. I'm not a fitness fiend. I was, I was, no. Well, I do, I, I changed it um, because like my, my family was tripping about caffeine intake because I do like coffee, but I cut that way down. So stimulants I've cut down. Uh, my wife is type 2 diabetic, so we have everything sugar-free in the house anyway, you know, so I cut down on sugars. Um, and my, my real problem for overall health that I need to work on the most is sleep. Um, because what some folks don't understand is that the, when, so when you're going to sleep, right, when you're nodding off and you're right in that space between awake and asleep, right. until so you finally, your body finally gives up and you're asleep. That space right there is how it feels when I go into a cardiac arrest. So every night when I go to bed, I have to mentally and physically and emotionally prepare myself to go to sleep. So that my brain doesn't release chemicals like, oh, shit, he's going to die again. Mm. And that that has been really hard. And then when I go to sleep and I have these night terrors about the Gulf War or, or cardiac arrest or when they come together in some of my dreams, that, dude, that is, <laughs> that's, that's a bad night. So, you know, and uh, so sleeping would be the best thing for me to work on for health-wise. And, you know, because then also you're making better decisions because you have a rested brain and, you know, and rested body and you're doing better things for yourself, with yourself and other people by taking better care of yourself with sleep. So that's what I'm working on the most right now. Hey, brother, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you coming on. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of this story, and I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at David Leith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.